We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by the prosperous Rohan Kadi. We're here to talk about uh, NBA All-Star this year, which is wild to think about with so much else going on. The Bucks defense, Dante DiVincenzo, who knows what else, knowing us. But first, of course, as always, Rohan, how's it going? Doing well, uh, you know. It's been, it was a it was a hectic week for me personally. It was nice to it was nice to see some Bucks games in terms of like I, it, it, we got a little we had a little bit of a drought the last week, so we got some games in. Given two of them sucked, uh, but yeah. they they give us stuff to talk about. And uh, just uh, what day is it? Monday's Monday's game against the Trailblazers was just fun. It was just fun. It was necessary. That's the word I keep coming back to. It was necessary after the run before that they gave up. 20-plus threes three times in a row, which, according to the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast, had never happened before. Uh, the Bucks did a three-point shooting performance the good way that's never happened before earlier this year. Now they've got the bad side of it as well. So um, I went deep on that game, actually, on a solo Eurostep last night. We are going to touch on some things from that game later. I really want to hear Rohan's thoughts on the way the defense in particular looked but first, I want to start with something a little different and a little fun. We're obviously very Bucks-focused on this podcast, and this next segment is certainly going to have a lot of Bucks, but it also gives us a chance to hop around the league a bit. All-Star is coming up. All-Star voting is open, I believe, Thursday of this week. February 4th is a double vote day, so get those votes in for Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday. But I wanted and us to throw hearts. Of course. And I, I figured that one without saying. And Bobby Portis. 
Um, but I want to I want to have us kind of hash out our Eastern Conference All Star ballots because that's what we watch the most. So Rohan, should we just get right into this? Yeah, let's do it. I guess we should probably go over the format first because it yes. did confuse us. <laughs> As always. Uh, so obviously, in your starting lineup, you have two guards and three front court players, and these are chosen through half fan voting, a quarter player vote, and a quarter media vote, right? Yes. That sounds right. So. I'm pretty sure that's right. And you have uh, seven reserves, and you have two front court players, three, uh, or excuse me, two guards, three front court players again, and then two just wild card spots, as they're called, in terms of they can be any, they can be any player. And those are chosen solely by the coaches. Thank goodness. That is such a healthy measure. I'm so glad that is in place. Um, and then just one last note. If someone's hurt, and usually there's almost always someone that misses the game for whatever reason, I guess this year there's an added wrinkle of that possibility. If they do play it, which it seems like they're going to, um, the commissioner picks for whatever reason. Adam Silver. And he himself. usually he Adam Silver is usually picked the next person in the coaches. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. Total. But it'd be fun if he went total wild card one year. It would have. It, it would be so much fun. <laughs> I remember what was this? Uh, you're not going to talk year? about 14-15, are you? No, I'm not going to talk about 14-15. I'm not going to talk about Brandon Knight, who was Sorry. robbed by former robbed. Buck Kyle Korver. Maybe future Buck again, Kyle Korver. Uh, who knows at this point? Uh, <laughs> what was it? It was the it was the D'Angelo Russell year, where I felt mm. like Bledsoe should have gotten in over oh, Russell. Yeah. But I think that was two years ago now. That's one of yeah. those where, like, it's one of those, like, important for that player specifically – nods because now forever he gets to be a former all-star even though there's no way in hell in the west d'angelo russell is going I, to make an all-star who knows team. at this point in the west I, that's true that's true um we looked over the west very briefly and said this is a weird mess let's not dive too far into it <laughs> the east is just better <laughs> at least temple yeah i was gonna say at least more star-studded i mean looking down the list of names it's all the standouts you would expect and some younger players who have really come on strong and made deserving cases. And, I mean, we were talking before the episode. There was a second where I was worried Chris might not get in at all. I think he will. I'm pretty confident he will. But it's not easy. Um, it's not going to be easy for Drew Holiday at all. Let's just get into our picks. How about we yep. go forwards first? I think that's star- starting forwards, I think that's the easiest spot in the East. Yeah, so – I'll just name all three of my starting forwards are Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Kevin Durant. Yeah. I feel like those are no-brainers. Those are probably, uh, at least Embiid and Durant, are like two of the leading candidates for MVP this year. Giannis is just Giannis. Like, even though he's having a down year, he's still averaging like 27 points, like 12 rebounds or something, and a couple of assists. 27, 11, and nearly six assists per game. Yeah, so just, and this is, we've talked, this is like a down year for Giannis. So he he's an all-star starter. He will be an all-star starter for as long as he is in the league, yeah. uh, playing at like a decently high level. So that's just, that's, he's a, he's a lock-in for that. So Giannis, Durant, and Embiid. Yeah, in addition to those three, I think pretty unquestionably playing like really the best three players, but definitely the best three front court players in the East so far. Also the best players on the respective top three seeds in the East right now. Philly in first, Milwaukee in second, and Brooklyn in third. Uh, just a game between the second two who are actually kind of tied right now and Boston, who is close, but Jason Tatum not 
not been the best player on his team so far. Um, and Jalen Brown is not a front court player. We will get to Jalen Brown. I agree with you. I think really this is the only group of three that that even have a, a case for starting. Um, again, a lot of good players in the East, but if you look at like scroll down and check out the rest of the four, uh, front court players, Tatum, who again. Good year still, you know, nearly 27 points, seven boards. Not like, uh, oh, my God, he's one of the best two players in the conference year jump that I think some people expected. Uh, Jeremy Grant, who's, like, been fun. You know, Gordon Hayward, Vucevic, Julius Randle, Chris Middleton. Um, I'm just reading down by points. This is not my ranking. But all of those are good players, fun players. Uh, all have at least a case to be in the game. None of them are close to KD, Joel Embiid, Giannis so far. Yeah, it's it's not really close. This is it's basically set in stone that these three players are going to be starting for the front yeah. court for the Eastern Conference, whatever format they do. It's not really clear, also, if they're going to be doing a draft or like an East versus West thing or what's actually going yeah. on. I think there's a game actually. It sounds That's, like the game and skills that was agreed upon today. All on one day. Sure. So we're gonna get stuff. I guess still a terrible people, idea, but yeah, go for it. I really hope, like, at least just use the All-Stars for the skills competition, right? Like, why yeah, bring don't more invite people? more players? <laughs> like, like, also, I though. doubt people would want to go. It's going to be interesting if people bow out. I, I, I think the All-Stars will probably go. Yeah, no, I'm saying hurt. if, like, people got invited to be in, like, the, the skills challenge. Yeah, like, like is, is why? Steph Curry? Oh, I guess Steph Curry will be an All-Star. That's a bad example. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really uh, – I find the team a lot more interesting than the game this year due to everything in the world going on. But Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's talk about the guards. I think this is really interesting. So statistically, Bradley Beal, like far and away, has been the best so far. Just about 35 points, five rebounds, just under four assists. Bradley Beal just about that good last year and doesn't get it because the Wizards were terrible. Guess what? The Wizards, still very much terrible. Last in the conference, last in the league. I had tied for last in the league. Uh, 4-12, and 12, the least wins in the league, but that's partially because they've barely played any games because of COVID. That also means Bradley Beal has only played 15 games this season, so he's only missed one of the Wizards' games, but it hasn't been enough for them. But seriously, the guy goes from 25 points two years ago, 30 points last year, 35 points per game. Do you have him as a lock for starter with those numbers, or are you uh, are you going to throw him out because of the Wizards' terrible record? I think I wouldn't put him as a lock. I'd put him as a favorite he, because, like, he's he's putting up too many points a night and just playing an insanely high level basketball to not really be. I'd be shocked if he's not an all-star altogether. Uh, but I think he should be starting. Like like we talked about earlier, fan vote is still 50% of it. I feel like the fans recognize Bradley Beal. I feel like I feel like everyone is sort of recognizing Bradley Beal at least more than they did last season. Maybe that's because uh, they want to float his name in trade rumors. That's not me. That's an indictment on the basketball media circus, but that's Ooh, a different topic. I like that. That's scorching, but you're on point. But I feel like Bradley Beal is probably – going to start and I, I do a, I do have a lock as a starter though. Harden? Yeah, it's gotta be Harden, right? Harden averaging 
24 and a half points. You go, oh, my God, what's going on? Is, is there a problem in Brooklyn? What's going on with James Harden? 11. Yeah, he's only averaging 25 a game. Yeah, that's only for Harden. 11.1 assists per game, and the Nets have been rejuvenated with him on the floor. They've been way better since he's taken the court there. Um, part of that is because, I mean, James Kyle, Harden. Well, well, yeah, but, I mean, like, I, I think – I think if you if they had KD and Kyrie all year before that, it wouldn't look like such a stark difference. Like I don't think that team was truly lost in the wind. I think Kyrie just kind of bounced and, and did Kyrie's thing, and KD missed some games for rest. And I think that's why they really looked uh, worse than they were before he showed up. But obviously, you know, it helps to have a James Harden too. I agree. I think Harden's a lock. I see. I like Brad Beal a lot. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I want Brad Beal to be happy in Washington and not demand a trade and go to Philly because that terrifies me. I actually do like Brad Beal a lot. I don't think I put him on my fake ballot this year. He's going to make my team. He's not making my starters. Okay. He's not who's making your, my starters. Who's your starter? Harden, James Harden, Jalen Brown. Jay, okay. That's fair. Jalen's been having an outstanding year. He's been the best player on the Boston Celtics this year. Not even a question about it. Comfortably. Tw- no, go ahead. Yeah, 27 a game, three and a half assists, 5.4 rebounds. He's just, he has been carrying this. He's been what people wanted Tatum to be this yeah. season, which is just wild because Tatum is still there. Like, not that I, I hate the Celtics as much as anyone. Don't get me wrong. But that's a scary tandem, especially considering Jalen was supposed to be the number two, and he's actually taken the leap that people wanted Tatum to take. Yeah, he's also played five more games than Tatum, so he's just been there more. But um, he's shooting. Yeah, Tatum was out for two weeks. Yeah, and Tatum's still been largely good on the year. But Jalen Brown has just been nuts. 27 points, like you mentioned the points, shooting 44% from three on about six per game, 57% from two on about 14 per game. So, like, Tatum shooting 43% from three and 50.8% from two, having a good year. But Jalen Brown's numbers are just better. He's scoring more, more steals, about the same assists, less rebounds, because he really is more of a, a guard than, than Tatum is. But having a tremendous year, and for me, the difference is on a very good team. I, I think his all-around game has been better than Kyrie Irving, who's on a better team than him, but the Celtics still top four right now. Um, again, the Wizards dead last. Um, Trey Young's Hawks. I think Trey Young is around the conversation. They're about 500. He started last year, correct? Yeah, I think he did. I, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, it's if how did he make the team, but Beal didn't? If we're talking about defense and team record at all, I mean, come on, man. Bradley Beal is better than Trey Young. I get that. I Trey think Trey Young like, just had like a landslide fan voting. Yeah, I think he did. I, I hope I mean, if Trey. I think Trey should make it, but I think. Um, it's it's closer than it seems with Trey. I think Beal should just be in. I mean, getting up to 35 a game is something else. Basically, 35, five and five, which is just a wild line. And I'm not a I'm not like a I know there was a Russell Westbrook MVP campaign that was all numbers. I'm not saying just because he's hitting those, he's also just playing really well. But you've got to respect 35, five and five. Yeah, you just you have to. There's no way around. I like the I like the shade. Uh, all numbers. It, but, it, it, yeah, it applies to a lot. But, yeah, I've got Jalen Brown and James Harden. Bradley Beal just missing out. Okay, that's fair. I have uh, I have Harden and Beal. I feel like. Totally fair. So that's our start. We just we disagree on one starter. Yep. I feel like that's that's pretty okay. Yeah, it's so pretty good. So now this is where the fun sort of starts. <laughs> we can get into reserves. Do you want to go guards or forwards first? Let's start. Let's start guards. 
Okay. So we're already talking about the guards. We were talking about players who, you know, are a little bit on the outside looking in, like a Trey Young, like a Kyrie Irving. Those players are really, really good. Uh, other players knocking on the door, uh, Colin Sexton, who I, I hope Colin Sexton makes the All-Star we, team. We got to squeeze Sex Man in our ballots. Somehow. We really Sex do. Man deserves it. He's been so good. He's He's been incredible. I feel like the Cavs deserve it just I as think, a team. I, just looking now, I haven't gone through it. I'm, I'm kind of doing this a little bit live, um, and I, I'm glad we can kind of negotiate with each other a bit on our ballots. I'm feeling like I might end up designating him as my, like, let's see, let's each take one um, Adam Silver replacement guy, too. I think Saxon's going to end up mine. I think he's just going to miss out, but we'll see. Okay, so fair. I I would have Sexton on my team. He's just been outstanding. The Cavs have been great. They deserve, so, they deserve like, an all-star, especially cool. with someone playing as well as Colin Sexton has been. So who are your guards? And also Cleveland is now in a tie for seventh eighths with the Hornets. They've cooled off a little bit, but yeah, but um, still, like they're, they're been still in the they've playoff been... race. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So my two guards are probably Trey Young and Colin Sexton. Not Kyrie or no. Jalen Brown. Well, shoot. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard in the East. Like, it's really. I tough. honestly, I honestly forgot that I didn't select yeah. Jalen as a starter. I'm it's really tough. okay. So it's got to it's got to be Jalen and Sexton. So not Kyrie is one of your guards. No, he he hasn't played enough games. Let's. So Kyrie has played 14. It's not going to be that many less than Sex Man. I almost typed Sex Man instead of Sex. No. Sexton has so. played 16. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I'll, uh, I'll take think, I'll take Sexton. I think you can make the case that Sexton, even though his numbers aren't as good, he's been much more important to his team. I, yeah, I think like the Nets already have two All Star starters, yeah, <laughs> two literal former MVPs. Yep. Um, I think it's tough. So I think definitely the other one of Beal, Jalen Brown has got to be um, for both of us. So I, I'd have Beal as one of mine. This is hard. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna snub Kyrie at least to the wild cards for now as well. Um, just it's been such a weird year for him, and I don't want to hold everything that happened against him. I feel like we don't really know the whole story. It sounds like the Nets aren't that mad, but he has seemed less important to his team than a lot of these other players. Um, I think I kind of have to go with Beal and Trey Young. Okay. Okay. Hawks so are we... pretty good. Trey's always going to pour up his numbers. I, ugh, it kills me on Sexton. But, I mean, if Sexton was a really good defender, I think I could justify it. He's getting a little better. He's not really good. Uh, I'll still take Trey for now. He's intense, though. He's very intense, <laughs> no question. Okay, so you, you said Beal and Trey. So yeah. your your guards are Jalen, Harden, Beal, and Trey. Yeah, and yours... My guards are Beal, Harden, Jalen Sexton. Yes. So now we have front court. Okay. I think again, the f- a couple of these I think are pretty easy. Okay, go for it. Chris and Tatum are just in. Yeah. Chris and Tatum, lock it up. Those are, I mean, they're they're both very good. Both been second guys this year, but on very very good teams. Um, their numbers are outstanding for both of them. Very efficient. Uh, I just think, especially knowing the coaches, I think both of those guys have to be locks. They really do. It's I I can't imagine either of them not making the All Star team, which is just it's it's unfathomable. I'll say that. 
They better so, both make it, especially yeah. Chris knowing this podcast. But I mean, I mean Tatum has to go. He's, if Chris, I I couldn't care less if Tatum doesn't make the All Star team. <laughs> but if Chris doesn't make the All Star team, I I I'm gonna be upset. I'm not gonna say anything specific. <laughs> yeah, of course. The last so, front court spot uh, is weird, man. It really is. You got you got weird candidates out here. You've got uh, new additions to teams. Uh, yeah. You've got players breaking out like Julius Randle and the Knicks have been a revelation. Uh, Revelation's a little strong. Uh, Do they uh, stink again now? Yeah, they're down a tenth in the East. Yeah, but that's why Revelation's a little strong. But he's Julius Randle's been balling. Still ahead uh, of the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors aren't going to have the All Stars. Are you kidding me? No, and they're uh, going to be mad about it somehow. Yeah, even though their team sucks, they're like, "Oh, we have good players. Then why don't you have a good team?" Tell me that, Raptors <laughs> fans. If you have a good, if you have, if you have good players and a good coach and a good front office, why does your team suck? Tell me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How can everything of the organization be great, but your team is just bad? Something <laughs> is not adding up with the math. No, the math I, I checked math. the math. I ran the numbers, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, the Raptors aren't getting any All-Stars. No. So you got Julius Randle as a candidate. You've got Jeremy Grant, who's just – is he putting up empty calorie numbers? Maybe. Yeah. But he's putting them up. He <laughs> he's putting, putting them up, up for sure. He, I feel like he started really strong in terms of being, a, like, a primary option. Maybe he's sort of cooled off a bit because the Pistons are bad. Yeah. But he's still he's still worthy of consideration. Gordon Hayward in Charlotte has been great. He's been fantastic. Uh, you've got uh, you got guys like Sabonis who was an All Star last year. You got guys like Tobias Harris who hasn't made an All Star team but is still actually being really good for Philadelphia, which is great. I mean, for him, not for Bucks fans. Uh, Siakam, nah. Uh, you've got the Miami guys who haven't really played a ton and haven't played it much at all and. Uh, I mean, but Bam and Jimmy, and I'm referencing those too. Bam, I think Bam's played a good amount. He just hasn't played that well. Yeah, he's still putting up solid numbers. Like, what is he putting up? Like, 20 points, five assists, nine rebounds. Like, that's solid. Yeah, Tobias he, Harris numbers. <laughs> yeah, he's putting up like Bam. It's it's Bam's team. The the Miami Heat. He's he's Has, taking that. Yeah. Yeah, hasn't been uh, good though for them. Uh, yeah, I, think they'd be I mean, given Jimmy, Jimmy hasn't played a ton. Yeah, that's their issue. Jimmy, Jimmy dealt with it seems like um, a pretty tough case of COVID. I think he lost like twenty pounds. Oh my goodness! Stay Please inside. Mask up stay inside. Yeah, mask up. Stay inside. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, I guess we're sort of through the main candidates, and we only have one spot. It's less inspiring now. Uh, I had to scroll down we... for like an hour to find Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is fifth on the Sixers in points. Yeah. That's, I, that's I think no really chance. It. I think he's out. Yeah, Ben's and he's usually listed as a guard, right? Oh yeah, I didn't even look. I mean, doesn't yeah, he is. Doesn't matter. He's not even close. Yeah, he's not. He's gonna not gonna be making the All Star team. It's Embiid is the sole reason that they're winning that many games. And Tobias, uh, Tobias, honestly, Tobias, Tobias has, has a, a better chance. case. Yeah. Tobias, yeah, has Tobias a better has case. a much better case than Ben Simmons. He's been better than Ben Simmons this year. It's been wildly good. It's so dangerous for them, though. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like people used to clown Bucks fans for relying a lot on Chris, and that's pretty much gone away. Imagine if your team's ceiling is like, can Tobias Harris continue being a fringe All Star type player or not? I wouldn't like to make that bet as someone who's watched a good deal of Tobias Harris over the years. Yeah. yeah it's would not like that. Would not yeah. like that. But, okay. Yeah, let's this talk is, about... This is tough. I feel like... 
I feel like I'm going to have to go with – I'm sort of making this pick on the fly here. I'm going to have to go with Bam. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Okay, who are you going with? I don't know, but really, Bam? The seven and I feel like Miami? you have to give you have to give the reputation. He's taken he's taken a leap. I feel like like a mini leap in terms of like being a secondary guy to a primary guy. I feel like Miami, even though their team record isn't great, they're still a good team. Also, I just I like know. Bam. I like Bam too. I don't think the Miami guys. I think they want him to be more aggressive. I'm leaving Bam off. Bam has not done it for me. They haven't been nearly good enough. Um, I, I'm leaving Bam off. This is really tough. I feel like none of the other candidates are super inspiring. I guess maybe if if not Bam, probably Gordon Hayward. Grant and Hayward for me are just too close. Hayward on a better team. I might have to go. Yeah. So I'm worried the Pacers aren't going to get an All Star. They probably won't. They might not get anyone. Um, this is hard, man. Because it looks like the two reserve spots, we'll talk about this in a second, are going to go to guards, given how uninspiring these I think I'm going to have to deep dive Hayward versus Jeremy Grant here because I just I just got nothing. Like, they're so close. I mean, obviously Hayward team is way better. I'm guessing that's going to push me over the, the Hayward edge. Grant Grant's somehow shooting 40% from three on that yeah. volume as yeah. the only guy on that team, a really good year. Hayward forty three percent from three fifty. That's why I, it's got to. It's if it's between Hayward and Grant, it's Hayward for me. They've both played as many games. I, I think I'm going to go Hayward. Um, I I like that he's kind of embraced being, you know, the dependable scorer in Charlotte and kind of helping those guys along. I really like their team. They're not as good as they looked when they blew out the Bucks, but I, I really do like their team. I think Rozier quietly has become like a very good off ball guard. Devontae Graham has fallen off a cliff, which things. But oh, yeah, because uh, I can't remember who tweeted this, but it's like uh, Devontae Graham is taking the uh, the slump where it's like teams actually have film on you now. Yep, uh, yep, yep. That is 100% what happened to Devontae Graham. I think they should have sold high when they took LaMelo. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. They have a fun team. I, I like that I like that the Hayward move is paying off for them, too. I like yeah, I that. clowned that move. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people did, and it's like you know, it's good to be respectable. Like, you, especially with a guy like Lamelo, who is like he's never going to be a twenty-five point per game guy. I don't think, but he might average like twelve assists one year. I mean, what like, are they paying need... him like thirty mil a year or something? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a lot of money, but like, who else are they going to pay? It's the it's the course of Lamelo's rookie deal. Nick like, Batum. <laughs> he's gone now. Uh, they're um, still paying him. <laughs> playing really well. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, yeah, I forgot this stretch. Oh, was, they definitely are because they stupid. paid Gordon Hayward $30 million, so I they had to stretch Nick Batum. I forgot that. That was very dumb of them. They shouldn't have done that. But um, but this is good for LaMelo uh, and for their other young players. So I'm, I'm happy it's working out. I think I'm going to go Hayward. Yeah, I think I'm changing my pick to Hayward. Randall, like, you know, really good In year. consideration. In consideration. I, he's fallen off a bit. So have the Knicks. I'm sorry, Nikola Vucevic. You're just Nikola Vucevic every single year. You've gotten you've gotten what two All Star nods at this point. Or yeah, he's gotten, I, I feel like enough for now. If, yeah, that's if enough. That's more gonna, that's more than you probably should have ever gotten. If they're just going to be the Magic forever. I'm not, and they've also been really not good. They've been decimated by injuries. But you know, if he kept them where the Hornets are now through those injuries, maybe I'd give him the nod. He didn't. Uh, and the Hornets so and the Magic are the same franchise. Convince me otherwise. You know, if they were put together, I think they'd be pretty damn good. Hayward they might, like, contend for a top five spot. <laughs> so sad that them together is maybe, maybe one away from home court. But I think you're right. Um, 
Yeah, then I'm gonna go Hayward. So then we have just our wild cards. Um, so to recap, so let me. So my team start. Actually, I'll do the whole team later. My team reserves is Beal, Trey, Tatum, Middleton, Hayward. Yeah, and my team's reserves are Brown, Sexton, Tatum, Middleton, Hayward. Yeah, so we have the same forwards. I, again, I think the forwards are the easiest part right now until we get yeah, to this last sure. bit. Yeah, so now it's time for two wildcard spots. Like I mentioned earlier, you get uh, – they can be anyone. They can just be any two players that the coaches choose. So it doesn't matter if they're guard forward. They're just two players who the coaches think should be all-stars. I want to throw a name at you, and I want you to tell me if you think they should be in or not. Okay. I think this player's had a better season than Sexton, actually. Okay. Zach Levine. Oh, I was going to say Tyler Hero. No. Heavens. <laughs> no. Zach Levine, 26-5-5. and five. Yeah, uh, and he's actually shooting. He's he's putting up like 50-40-90 numbers as well. I yeah, he looks different when you watch him, I think. I think he's ascended a little bit. I think he's ta- – like you mentioned with Bam, I think he's taken one of those mini leaps. Yeah, it's just the the portrayal of Zach Levine, not maybe not portrayal, uh, characterization of Zach Levine is like, oh, an empty calories score, like microwave score type guy, right? Yeah, I think he's it's outdated actually, now. Yeah. It is outdated. Like like you mentioned, he's taken like a little bit of a leap. He's become more nuanced in his game. Uh, he's a little bit more fun to watch because he makes like better decisions on the court. Yeah. And he's, like I said earlier, he's putting up insane shooting numbers. And actually, while on a high volume, high efficiency, and, like, putting out monster points per game, I do think that he's probably going to be. But I don't know if I have him on my team. 59% from two. Zach yeah. Levine this year. 44, but just about 42% from three. I think he's got to be a lock. I, I yeah. For me, not like a starter or whatever, but for like the reserves, I think I think I have Levine as one of my locks at this point. Okay, that's fair. I don't necessarily have him as a lock, given that the Bulls are not great. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're just outside of playoff contention. They're one game behind the Hornets-Cavs duo. So they're in the play-in. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess that's, that's right. Bulls and Bulls and Knicks are in the play-in right now. Yeah, because you just have to get to tenth out of fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So now I guess here, here's a question too. And okay. We haven't. I, I've said Levine. You haven't decided on either yet. Do we have to throw in the loser of our Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant face-off as a no. spot? Nope. No. So nope. you, you you're comfortable with those two being close for forward, but then maybe Grant not being. They're not player. like Jeremy Grant is not better than the guards we're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's almost going to have to be a guard. Tough for Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough for Sabonis. It's just, we were talking about this like a little bit before the, we started recording. Just what happened to the East versus the West? This is crazy. How did this happen? So this is this is organized by points, which isn't like the best indicator of overall whatever. But like Middleton, Westbrook, Sabonis, and Laurie Markinen, who's really had a good year, are the fifth line of players in the East from scoring. All at least 20 points per game. And there's more 20-point scorers below them, Bam and Tobias Harris. Like, there's – and these are lines – groups of four. So that's like 22 guys in the East who are scoring at least 20 a game. And oh, no, it's 27 guys in the East who are scoring at least 20. It's nuts. It's stacked. Yeah, every team, like at least every playoff team, seems to have around like two. It's 22. Excuse me. It's 22. Yeah. 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 It's, 
Fun year. Like the Nets have like three guys. The Wizards have two guys. Like the Wizards have two guys putting up 20 points a game. Pacers have two. Bulls have two. I'm glad you mentioned the Pacers because the next person I want to talk about is our good friend, Malcolm Brogdon. The president. Yep. So it's the Pacers, so no one really cares. Sorry. No, not a soul. Not a soul. Sorry, Sorry, Pacers. Okay, maybe I shouldn't apologize to Pacers fans because you just said they don't exist. Um, (laughs) Schrodinger's fan. Schrodinger's fan. (laughs) So Malcolm Brogdon has been by far the best player on the Pacers so far. Has he by far? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. Convince me. Uh, no, I, I, it's the by far that I'm asking about. I'm not debating that he's been the. I, he probably has been the best player. Sabonis has been really good. I think this is their issue, right? Like they're they're a little close, and they're the uninspiring kind of close. It's not like the Nets where it's like, oh yeah, they're both in. It's kind of like, oh, should we just skip both because we don't want to decide? Yeah, that's fair. I feel like Brogdon has taken on more of a lead role. In terms yeah. of, this is like what I was talking about with Bam. What I was talking about with Zach Levine. This especially the band comparison is actually kind of nice because last season it was clearly Sabonis who was leading that team. Now it seems like Brogdon is leading that team, and that's actually leading to more success. Like the Pacers are good. I can't – what's their record offhand? I believe they're like 11 and 8, 10 and 8. 11 and 9 right now. 11 and 9 right now? Okay. Tied with the Celtics who are 10 and 8, who have played less games. Yeah, so they're like up there in terms of three or four in the East. So like the Pacers have been quietly good, even though the top – Four teams, five teams in the East don't have great records, like inspiring. This is a weird season. Yeah. Just it's, it's a weird season. I just feel like Brogdon has taken a leap, and it's made the it's made the Pacers better. That hurts me to say, but <laughs> I feel like Brogdon as the best player on the team is better than Sabonis on the best players as the best player on the team. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think Sabonis isn't is a little more limited than I think Brogdon generates his own looks easier. It's just hard because, I mean, I already talked about Levine. I kicked the Kyrie Irving can this far. I have to decide if I'm going to put him on my team or not, but he's still freaking Kyrie Irving. If he's not in your bench reserves or starters, I feel like he's got to be off your team altogether. I don't know if he does. 27.6 points, 6 assists. Just about 5 boards. He's really good. Yeah. 14 games. Both of the Pacers guys have played 20. I think that is a big factor. Uh, oh man, this this tough. Um, All star vote. I remember one of my biggest tweets was like, it was after the Paul George trade. I made a joke about how the East All Stars are going to include like the ghost of Dwayne Wade's knees, oh, yeah. and Benny the Bull. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just like we're ha- we're I'm potentially leaving Kyrie Irving off my All Star team. I am too. You're selling me on Brogdon. You really are. Are I don't know. That might be the the person in me who wants to reward winning. Yeah. In terms of, and I want to reward different teams. It doesn't usually work out that way. I should know that. I like this is a box podcast. I should know that at this point. But this is my this is these are my picks. I'm gonna do with it what I want. Totally fair. Um. You know, I kind of want to. I'm not going to. I kind of want to give Tobias Harris some love. He has played really damn well. He's been really important for them. It should be 15 man teams. I feel like that'd be really nice because then I could just like, oh yeah, Tobias Brogdon and Kyrie. That'd be, and I think another player too, probably Jeremy Grant or maybe Sexton. Um, Sexton's not making my team. I'm gonna say, mm, damn. 
Ooh. I don't even, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Levine Brogdon. Levine Brogdon. You sold I'm me on Brogdon. I uh, Jeremy Grant just out. Kyrie just out. Um, Sexton just out. There's like ten guys just out. Tobias Tobias wasn't that close actually. I don't think I don't think Tobias Harris makes my 15 man group either. But just want to give some love to Tobias Harris. Okay, I'm probably gonna say Levine Rosier. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make a decision and I can't. It's hard. The fact I feel, that, you're convincing me on the Kyrie thing. I feel like I might have to go Levine Kyrie. I might, I might do that too. The issue is if your if your first four guards in any order are Beal, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, and Harden, then you only get two more total spots for Kyrie, Levine, Colin Sexton. Brogdon, I mean Westbrook's just completely out of the picture. Um, no. That's a lot of guards. Yeah, I mean Ben Simmons, we're not even like broaching. We're not even considering Ben. We Simmons. haven't. Like, you know what? I was waiting for you to say it. We didn't even talk about Drew Holiday. Yeah, I mean, I think that says a lot about how we feel about his case. As much I as want I really him to like, be an All Star. I would love for him to be an All Star. I would I, trade Giannis a spot for Drew Holiday. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> I think we're getting a little ridiculous at that point. Um, well, Giannis has been there enough. Well, yeah, in that way, for sure. And, and Drew has not. But, I mean, it's like... I, I, I mean, I guess Drew's, Drew's been there once. He did make one? Oh, yeah, it's Conley who never... Conley's going to make one this year. Conley's been awesome. Um, but Drew is like... I know he's better than this player, everything, basically, but pretty much comparable numbers to Tyler Harrow, who, again, like not even considering... Um, See, our one shot is that these are coach selections. That is our one shot. I mean, like, Drew a better defender than literally every guard we've Drew mentioned so far? Drew is better than Trey Young. Drew is better yeah. than Zach Levine. Drew is better than Colin Saxton. Yeah, I think the difference is he's not as Volume. important to, to his team. Yeah. And In the terms of, like, pecking order. Pecking order. Well, like, yeah, Drew, is, Drew is the third banana on this team. Yeah. Like, if we're he, talking about bona fide number ones. If he played every game like he played against Portland, I think I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's in. Like, he's got to be in over these guys. Who cares about the numbers? But he's drifted in and out on offense, I, I think, a fair amount, which I still think it's an acclimation thing. I, I think he is very good so. I think he's, you know, excuse me, unable to, to do more. But he just hasn't. And I just think for All-Star, that's like, that's a very important thing. Yeah, it really is. This might be I, – I remember saying before the season started that Drew's going to be an all-star. Yeah, I wanted it. I thought he would too. I also said that. He's not. He's pro- He's not. He's probably he's definitely. not. He's probably not. Coaches – if the coaches are very generous to Milwaukee, he is, but I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, and I guess it's like – I don't know. If you want to go fully narrative – it's like you got three Nets guys, you've got three Bucks guys, you've got two Sixers guys. You've got probably two Nets. We'll see what they do with Kyrie. I'll no, I'm just saying in terms of like full, like just just narrative alone. It's oh, like yeah. oh, the Nets have Kyrie, KD, and Harden. Oh, like those are oh, three All Stars yeah. on that team. The Bucks have got Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday. The the Sixers have got Embiid and Tobias Harris. <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't say that with the truth. Good, good thing they held on to Maxi and and didn't get Harden. Thank goodness uh, for them. Yeah, that that would have been that would have been awful. Yeah, for us. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I just I don't know. I want you to make this team like the All Star team. I don't. He's probably not going to. He's like, what is he putting up? Sixteen and a half points per game, um, five assists, five rebounds. Like Kyle Lowry has been better by pretty much every statistical measure. He's way more important to his team. We didn't talk about him at all either. Like I, I already talked about the Raptors. I don't know what you're talking. About. Oh, that's you did. You did address the Raptors. Kyle Lowry's having a good year, but it's it's just not enough for them to win. Um, but he, like statistically, seven shots, nearly eighteen, <laughs> nearly eighteen, just under seven assists, six boards. Like in in the main stat categories, just by looking from this, a better year than Drew. I think Drew's probably been better overall, but similar-ish, I think, level. And we haven't even broached Kyrie, or uh, we haven't even broached Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it's just the the only reason I would include Drew is because the Bucks are really good. <laughs> yeah. That would that would be the one case, but here's the thing: maybe if they're clearly first in the East in record, he gets in. That hasn't worked in the past, though. <laughs> it hasn't worked. Well, I mean, if he's around last year, I think he's an All Star. Bledsoe is harder to make a case for. It's just I don't know. I feel like that's it's worked for other teams and not the Bucks. Well, yeah, they are the they certainly suffer from being the Bucks in this in this regard. Yeah. So Drew Holiday probably not an All Star this year for the Bucks, Maybe next year. Could be, yeah, we'll see how things shake out with everybody and where players go between this year and next year. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it, it's just tough. I mean, the numbers shouldn't matter as much as they do, but they do matter. And there's just so many players playing at such a high level that I, I just, I don't see it. I, you know, I think you could argue Drew's had a better season than Kyrie, but I think some of these other guys have so much going for them. Yeah. I feel like you, yeah, you could argue that Drew's had a better season than Zach Levine. Yeah, but it's tough, and I, I don't know if it's a better All Star kind of season. Like, no, I think not a chance, not a chance. It's almost different. Like if you're talking All NBA than All Star, like I think All Star, it's a little different criteria to me. Yeah, it really is. So Zach Levine, better All Star candidate. Drew Holiday, better All NBA candidate. Yeah, I, I think that's probably... And it's so weird. Like, we haven't had a ton of games <laughs> to design an All-Star. No, like, what yeah. Is, it's usually... When is the All-Star break? Usually January? February. February? February. February. So it's like voting starts in January, but the season starts in October? Yeah, I think it actually starts in December. I think it starts around Christmas in most years. I was looking back for research, and it was starting in December last year. So, like, end of like, December. Wow. Early, yeah. Yeah. So you still get, like a solid chunk of games with, like, most of these players. This is just a weird year. Players have been in and out. Teams well, some of the teams have been out. <laughs> yeah. Teams haven't played a ton of games. It's just the sample sizes are just way too small. And who knows? I don't know when the coaches vote. They could – some of these players could make a case as the yeah. month goes on. Yeah, I think Drew certainly – I mean, keep voting for Drew. Keep pushing Drew as an all-star by all means, Bucks fans, but – it's a tough thing. I mean, I'm leaving freaking Kyrie off my ballot, so. Okay. I'm officially so, going, so here's my team. Yeah. Starting, um, oops, sorry. Uh, starting Jalen Brown, Trey Young, which hurts me a little bit, but they're actually winning games. Uh, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, Giannis, Kevin Durant. You're Joel starting Trey Young? Was I not? Oh, no, I'm starting Harden. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay, let me, let me take it from the top. Harden, Jalen Brown, Giannis, Embiid, Durant. And then my reserves are Beal and Trey Young for the two guards, Tatum, Chris, and uh, Hayward. Hayward, thank you, for my forwards. And then Levine and uh, Brogdon 
as my two wild cards with, I don't know, one of Sexton, Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, Sabonis, Randall, Jeremy Grant as my commissioner. I'm not even going to pick one. There's so many damn candidates. Okay, so my team is starting. It is Bradley Beal, James Harden, Giannis and B. Durant. Uh, for my reserves, I have uh, Jalen and Trey Young, uh, Chris Tatum and Hayward, and my two wild cards are Levine and Kyrie, with my commissioner spot being Drew Holiday because I'm biased. You know, I'll just do that too. My commissioner spot is officially Drew Holiday. Um, this is hard. This was way harder than I expected it to be. It really was. Harden really messed things up. <laughs> yeah, if Harden stays over, it's, it's easier. It's still not easy, though. Um, I don't really know what I would do with that guard I mean, spot. if you're adding, like, a lock to a conference where there's already, like, so many candidates, yeah, it makes things so much more difficult. It, the front court spots were pretty easy, I thought. Yeah, the front court spots are fine. Just the guards. There's too many good guards in the East. I have one last all-star question for you. Okay. Do you think KD is going to make a real push to be the captain over Giannis this year? Yes, he'll make a push, but he's not going to get there. I'm, I, be, I'm interested to see how it goes. I feel like Giannis just has such a massive fan base. It's It's bigger than we realize it is. Like, he's... Even in years where Durant... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In there, like aside from last year, Giannis is still consistently getting more votes than KD. Yeah. Like it's just, it's him and LeBron who are the top vote getters every every single year. Like that's I said this like it's going to be uh, LeBron and Giannis draft for as long as those two are in the league. So, yeah. so I, I think to, it'll, be, it'll be close. It'll be close. So in 2019, Giannis got 43 4.3 million votes. KD got 3.1. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
So really, a, a kind of a tier below. KD was closer to Kawhi, who actually got more, 3.5 million. Um, different conferences, but just overall votes. Um, Kawhi was second to Giannis. KD was healthily second to LeBron. In 1920, um, oh, did KD miss? Oh, yeah, KD didn't play. Duh. Um, let me go back a year to look. I forgot. I was like, wait, he really didn't do well this year. In 2018, KD did lead the West front court with 2.2 million, but LeBron got 2.6 and Giannis got 2.5. So the last two times they've both been healthy, Giannis did get more votes than KD. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, Giannis is such an international presence. Like, given KD's just KD, he's a global superstar, but just Giannis just has that, Giannis just has a massive outreach and fan base. Do you want to hear a hilarious list before we move on? I love hilarious lists. Here are the here's the list of front court in the East players in 1718 who got at least 100,000 votes from top to bottom. LeBron and Giannis, sure, not funny yet. Joel Embiid, sure. Kristaps Porzingis, don't know about that one. Sure, at the time, at the time. Don't know about that one. Uh, um, at the time, he was having a pretty good year, but still not on the greatest team. Kevin Love. On a very good team. Why not? Sure. Al Horford. Okay. I don't know about that one. Andre Drummond. Mm, Jason Tatum. Sure. Jason Tatum uh, ascending at that point. Ennis Cantor. Nearly 300,000 votes. 13 <laughs> total votes from the players. <laughs> was it the Celtics? Um, I think he was a Celtic that year. No, like were the Celtics players those votes? Oh, yeah. Must, they must have been. Um, wait, let me find where I was. Or was he a um, Nick? I think he was a Celtic. That, oh, no, he was a Nick. Ah, <laughs> oh, so it was the Knicks. It was the Knicks fans uh, and players, apparently. Um, Dwight Howard, 186,000. I what? think this is, is this Hawks era, what Dwight Howard? What year is this? 17-18. Oh, I that's Charlotte. That's Charlotte. A, what? He's 16 and, 16 and 12 that year. But, uh, sure. <laughs> Chris Middleton. And then Serge Ibaka. Actually, Chris had less. I didn't have it sorted by votes. Chris had less. This is fan votes. Chris had less than Dwight Howard? Like, he had less than Charlotte Dwight Howard? Yep. He had less than Cantor, Dwight Howard, and Serge Ibaka. Oh, my God. He had 24,000 more than Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> yeah, 85,000. Jetty Osmond got 80,000 votes this Jetty Osmond? What is going on? <laughs> Michael Beasley is on this list. 60, 62,000. That's not is that bees, Mike? Oh no, Knicks. So I get Knicks guys just get votes. Yep. Apparently. Yeah, fun list. Fun Jay Crowder, fifty five thousand votes. And Chris 55, got how many? people. Seventy something? No, Chris got a hundred and nine thousand. Hundred and nine? Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes me feel a little better. Tim Hardaway Jr., fifty seven thousand. <laughs> just who are these people? I wanna <laughs> see who got oh they this has the whole thing. There's a guy who got four votes. Wait, can I guess who got four votes? Of course, I, I want, Johnny O'Brien got eleven hundred votes this year. Can you tell? Oh my goodness! Shout friend of the Knicks. pod, Jobi. Friend of the pod, Jobi. Nick's, I believe. I think only a Nick. Fun name. Fun name. Is it Ignis Brezdikis? No, I don't think he was in the league yet. Um. The funny part about four votes is the next lowest was 56, and then everyone got at least 100. Like, how do you get four votes? Four votes. Was it him? So 
it was him and like three family members. I can't tell you who it was. Mindaugus? Min, oh, Kuzminkis! Kuzminkis. 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 Four. <laughs> four votes. How bad do you feel getting four votes? Like, come on, man. There's people I've never heard of. Me, I've never heard of who got 600 votes. I'm pretty sure I could get more than four All-Star votes. Miles Plumley had 1,577 votes. Miles Plumley. My goodness. Four. That's it? DJ Wilson, 2,700. These are fascinating. Fascinating to see the full count. I don't know where B-Ball Ref gets this from. Let's see. Who was the four vote? No, see, everybody got at least several hundred votes last year. Like, the lowest four. 600. Was he just not eligible until, like, the last second? I don't know. I Like, that seems impossible. That feels wrong. I feel bad. Like, yeah, I'm looking at the other years. Like, the lowest in 2018-19 was 800, 600. Antonius Cleveland got 19 in 17-18, so that's not great either. Still better I, than four. Four votes. That must have, that's gotta be just like either it's an error or just wasn't eligible until like the last second. Like he was like a late second G League call up or something. Oh wait, I'm only looking at position. There there could have been I wanna go to the back to the Emil Jefferson got seventy. Who? Uh he's kind of a G League forward. Reggie Hearn got one oh eight. Don't know who that is either. Nope. Antonius Cleveland with 19 this year, so pretty consistent results. This year he's got already 19 votes. No, no, no. This is this is the same year. So yeah, the Kuzmingis oh. year. Everybody else had at least 19. He had four. Oh my goodness! I'm just I'm I'm still shook from freaking Charlotte Dwight Howard getting more votes than Chris Middleton. Joel Ballenboy had 2,700 votes that year. Oh, shots! He was he was in the Bucks group. He was yeah, he's a, a Bucks herd guy. Yeah. Wasn't he a two-way? I think he was one of their original two-ways. Yeah, because he was on that season where they just went through two-ways, right? That first season? Was yeah, they had like they had a ton. Um, and they were all on the Joel Ballenboy level. Yeah, they all played, too. It was a weird... Looking back at box scores from like the 2017-18 year, it's just nuts. Yeah, we used to question, why aren't the Bucks better? And then I look back. <laughs> How were the Bucks that decent? <laughs> how how did they manage playing that many players? Do you want to know who was fourth in the Western Conference front court last year with 1.2 million votes? Fourth in the Western Conference front court. It's going to piss you off. Last season. I feel like I know who – is it Boban? No, uh, backcourt guards. Backcourt, okay. Fourth. Was it – like, Steph? No, not Steph. Last Steph year. was sixth. Oh. Alex Caruso. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was annoying. Zero media votes, zero player votes, 1.2 million fan votes. Yep, I remember that. That's why they changed it, because of guys like him and Zaza. Yes, Zaza is secretly a tank. Um. <laughs> he, he almost, like, what? He almost started over Kevin Durant or something, and that's why they had to change it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Georgia, I think. Chris only got 350,000 yeah. votes the year Caruso got 1.2 million. Taco Fall. Taco Fall, oh, 947,000 that year. Oh, my goodness. Poor old Kuzminkis can only get four. <laughs> Vince Carter racked up about 300,000. Yeah, and they put him in the game. Yeah, that's weird. 
Oh, wait, did they? No, it wasn't it. It was Wade and Dirk who got in that one. Oh, yeah. No, didn't in. they have a Vince thing, too? No, they didn't. They didn't. I don't think they did. You got to yeah. draw a line somewhere. Yeah, Sorry, it was only Vince, Wade and but... Dirk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's fair. That's wild. I feel like I love that we now have a random weird deep dive in every episode. Yeah, last time it was the points leader or like just, just random random bucks stat leaders. This year it's all star vote getters. Yeah. All the important topics. Hey, I feel I feel like this is what the people want. I hope so. Okay, should we talk about defense? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think I think we've exhausted All Star. Expect us to not talk about All Star again. We'll probably touch on it when the votes come out, but really yeah. significantly. We'll until... do an emergency pod of Drews and All Star. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me on that. We might. We'll do some sort of pod about it. But enough All Star. I, I don't know if anyone cares. Hopefully, yeah. people so, care. Actual bucks. Actual bucks now. Yeah. So I mentioned this up top. There were some rough games over the weekend. We, it was a back-to-back as well, was it? Yeah, I believe it was the last two. I think it was Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so Friday, they are in New Orleans. It's a ESPN game. And they just get absolutely obliterated and from distance. And just all of the discourse is just like, oh, wow, look, the Bucks are allowing high-variance shooting again. Oh, what's new? <laughs> or is this – oh, this is – it's – there were two sects of, I'll say, Bucks Twitter who were like, this is going to regress, and two, there's an actual problem here. Yeah. And then, the following day, they are in Charlotte, and again, get obliterated <laughs> from distance. Charlotte. The Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, so both of them, <laughs> the Ball brothers. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even put that together. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah. No, did you not see the headline? What headline? It was like it was like big night for both balls. <laughs> it's like someone phrased it like that. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I, hats off to that. Yeah. So the Bucks just get obliterated from distance by Lonzo and Lamelo Ball, respectively, on back-to-back nights. The balls were busting all over. The balls yeah, were busting were just, all over. Yeah, the balls were just busting it all over Milwaukee's defense. Is there a problem um, here, Ty? Um, I think there. I think there was. It still is. It's not. It's not wholly solved. But like, and I put it this way. I don't actually know if I think I workshopped this tweet. I don't know if I sent it. I look into my creative process. A lot goes into it. Virgil Abloh of the tweet game. Um, what are you just gonna fall off in about two years? I'm just gonna just introduce garbage people. Absolute garbage. <laughs> that guy stinks. If you don't know anything about Virgil Abloh, just <laughs> Why, scammer. Dude. Yep. Scammer. I, Virgil, come for me. Please. It, the diss track will be awful based on all the other work um, that you've done. A really weird diss. Really weird beef. Um, <laughs> no, but I think there, there's a problem. Um, the Bucks, what I was getting to before, I just took real random shots at Virgil. Um, just, there was, they weren't prioritizing stopping threes. And it doesn't matter, like, and it matters, but, like, this is bigger than, like, are they dropping, are they switching, are they hedging, the three things you can really do with pick and roll. Um, but, like, they just, they aren't, they weren't closing the shooters enough. They were letting guys shoot. They weren't getting arms up. Um, they were not playing actions well as well. That's more of a, a direct schematic thing. But I think just, like, their intentionality was not there to stop shooters. And I think blissfully, 
the Monday game against Portland, that changed. They still let Portland shoot 7 for 14 in the first quarter, which is too many, but they really did lock down after that. And even in that first quarter, some two good looks, but I think a lot of the looks were more contested and Portland just made some shots. But I think we saw Milwaukee kind of go, all right, we're not going to do this anymore. And even that in itself is kind of nice after some years past where it felt like those things just happened way too late or didn't happen. They came out the gate trying different things against Portland. Ultimately, it ended up working. Yeah, it really did. It seemed like these last three games were just a process for Milwaukee. So in the first game against uh, New Orleans, you could see they were just playing their base, like, defense and it was just they were letting too many threes and like given Lonzo is never going to have a night like that again probably like the Pelicans way, are not going to make that many way too often we say that about somebody who gets the Bucks. but I'm the thing so is like it, but... it's just yeah it's it's difficult I haven't actually run the numbers on this maybe I, I wish I had access to the advanced numbers I'll say this every podcast let me have these numbers NBA uh, yeah it's just it's impossible that this is like non-repeatable numbers are happening this often against Milwaukee. And, but it just, it continues to happen. Like Lonzo's having a down year from shooting after last season was a revelation. Like he was shooting like 37% from three on like yeah. six attempts a game last year. And now he's just came back to normal Lonzo ball. Not against Milwaukee though. Not against Milwaukee. And then LaMelo does it the next night. It's just it's just wild to see that happening again. Like you said, we do say that way too often. But back to what I was saying about the process. So the first game against the Pelicans, guys are just lighting it up. And then the Bucks just have no idea really what to do to stop. And it's like, okay, we got we to gotta trust our defense, right? And then in the second game against the Hornets, they're like, oh, shoot, this is happening again. Let's start actually switching every single action possible. And then once the Hornets are like, okay, you guys are switching, do you guys know how to, are you guys going to switch off ball as well? Yeah. And then the Bucks are like, you tell us, man. Like, <laughs> good, good question. I, I don't know what we're doing. So, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that one yet. Let me get back to you. <laughs> Let, let's, let's ask Coach Bud. Coach Bud, do you know the answer to this question? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. So <laughs> it, that sort of happens. And then guess what? The Bucks give up a ton of open threes again, but it's in a different way. They're giving up more threes odd of off-ball actions rather than on-ball actions. That's different from the Pelicans game because they were giving a lot of threes off of on-ball actions. And then you get to the Blazers game where they actually are like, okay, now we know we're going to switch on-ball. We're going to, we know what we're doing off-ball in terms of personnel, whether we're going to switch that or not, depending on the action. And we know what we're going to do now. Now you're not going to, you're not going to take any threes against us, really. You're going to, we're, we're going to start hedging more. We're going to be tighter off-ball. It's just this isn't happening. And then they just blow them out as a result. It was a process. This weekend was a process. It was. And I think one of the downer things about it is it was a little easier to implement against this particular Blazers team without C.J. McCollum. I think, like, they clearly sold all the way out on Dame and hedging. I think it's a little harder to do if there's a truly another elite perimeter threat like C.J., but still, I think the results were good, and I thought the process was good. Like, 
you know, I saw some people pointing out like, oh, like Ennis Cantor and the Blazers are destroying the offensive boards. Well, of course, like look where Brooke Lopez and Giannis and Bobby Portis are ending up if they're playing someone who's, if they're guarding someone who's screening for Dame. Like they're at the three-point line making sure Dame is not pulling from three. Hell yeah, I'll take Ennis Cantor getting contested rebounds and trying to put it up against Giannis over Dame pulling open threes. I mean, it's just like... It that those buckets for the other team, they're not as demoralizing and like mathematically they're just not worth as much. Like I, I think it's really hard to beat the Bucks if your offense is twos. I, I think Milwaukee's offense being still the best in the league by a healthy margin makes it so that if you're if you're not just the best in the league, Ty, one of the greatest of all time. It would have to be first, right? Because I think there's like four teams better than the Mavs last year. This yeah. year, everyone's so, shooting so far. Crazy. So far, they're one of the greatest offenses ever. If yeah. not the greatest. So if your offense is like, you know, scrap buckets around the rim and like putbacks and floaters and crap, like that's going to be hard to keep up with the Bucks. So if the Bucks just don't let you shoot good threes, you're gonna, teams are going to get some. They always do. Yeah, but, like even even in this Pelicans, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. They almost won that Pelicans game. Yeah. They were so close. They was a little too little too late and it was a little late game variance. But still, they almost, they were in that game at the end. Yeah. Even with the Pelicans hitting in godly amounts from distance. Yeah, it's just like they're they're just good. They're not they're not great yet. I think they can get there if they get this defense figured out. They are very good. Um but yeah, I think it was a great sign to see them and I think it was really cool to see them not do either of straight drop or straight switching, right? Like this is really what we want. We don't just want switching. And like some drop is gonna be fine against some teams. there's still a place for it. It just can't be every single variability. Game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, now we've seen the drop, of course. We're always going to. We've seen switching off and on, especially, like, Utah is always the game they'll sign up the most, but they've done it all over. Now we've also seen severe hedging and and just driving elite playmakers off of the three-point line, and, like, it worked. And Dame didn't have a good game. Dame had, what, like, 17 points, I want to say? I think so. He was, like, two of seven from three as well. Yeah, like, they, they uh, just Drew, didn't let Drew him just, Drew was incredible. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that helps. That, oh, that my helps. goodness. That helps. Drew Holiday. Damian Lillard has nightmares about one player in the league, and it is Drew freaking Holiday. The hell He has prison. his number. Like, it's not even close. You could see Dame, like, what am I supposed to do? And then he was lighting him up on offense, too. It's just It was beautiful. I love Dame. Dame is one of my favorite players in the league. But seeing Drew Holiday just put the absolute freaking clamps on it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And he bullied him on offense. Like, it wasn't, like, getting around him or just shooting over him, although I think he was two for three from deep. Drew was just like, oh, you're guarding me? I'm going to fake one way, go the other way, and just, like, blow you out of my way with my shoulder. Yeah, he also missed, like, a couple bunnies, too, so he, he could have had more. He could have had basically a perfect game because he did not miss a lot of shots. No, he, he was really seven didn't. for 11. I, I remember him distinctly blowing two open layups. He did. He did indeed. Um, Drew Holiday, man. It was, it was a, a shine. A, this a is shine why moment. I want him to be an all-star tie. Again, if but you played you, you more like what? this. if You know what? Finals MVPs are better than all-stars. I would be conflicted if you won. I, would, I wouldn't care because it'd be yeah, the Bucks yeah, won the title. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't care at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. The, the title matters more than who gets the finals MVP. Um but yeah, I thought it was a good time. I just I hope we see I hope they continue to vary those three things um and just play all sorts of different defenses to to best address their opponent. But I just want to see the overarching thing 
a more of a priority to taking away those good threes from the other teams. I think that's the most important thing. We saw it against Portland. Let's see it for the rest of the week. You know, let's there's a back to back against Cleveland. I forget who they play in between this week. Pacers. Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Um, take away those threes against all these teams. Like no matter how you defend them. Don't let them score from deep. Make them, you know, make them go up against, like, Giannis defending, like, coming over to help in the paint. Like, that's not a good shot either. Nobody wants to lay up with Giannis closing in on them or Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis. Like, that's not easy. So, like, don't give threes. Make them make contested layups with these terrific defenders all around and Bobby Portis. Yeah. And, again, I feel like we should mention the Bucks were on the great end of the three-point variance against yes. Portland. That was uh, fun. Yeah, Eric Woodyard of ESPN had a good stat in his latest article where he said Milwaukee had its fourth game this season with at least 23s. Uh, the Bucks had four games in franchise history entering the season with 20-plus games. So they've <laughs> wow. doubled it so far this season. That's a, gr- uh, that's a great stat. So that's insane three-point shooting for Milwaukee. That's probably not repeatable. But you know what's but, funny is is it like Giannis, Chris, and Drew combined for six of the makes, I think? Like yeah, they just kept like finding that. their shooters. Like that's, I mean, that's something that I think can and will happen again. Yeah, they can. They're not going to make that many threes again. Like the, no, the, the entire yeah. team was on fire up until the fourth quarter. Well, they will, but they won't do it every game. I, we're going to see more games like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just it won't be this hot. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think you you think this is a this can be a consistent thing putting up twenty threes a game, making twenty threes a game. No, not like not not like every week or every game, but I think I mean what we've seen four in the first twenty, and in this game they shot like the the reserves were terrible in the fourth quarter. Like the Bucks basically punted a fourth of the game and still got there. They did leave Bryn Forbes out there, but he was content to take a bunch of terrible twos. Um, and Wara didn't shoot well. Like I think Harold we're gonna. Shoot well. I, I think we'll see it at least four more times. Sure, why not? They played twenty of twenty of seventy two, and they've done it four times. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. They they probably can. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun to see what the total is at the end of the season. Yeah, let's track it. Twenty twenty made. I mean, they gave up three in a row, so I think they can get some more on on their end at least. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of like giving up three in a row, where you're just getting down, I wanted to just touch on this Pat Connison quote that Eric Dame had up today. Okay. Yeah. Where he said, uh, basically, uh, should I read all of this? Uh, I'm trying to think where it was. It's a great uh, radio. <laughs> I, he said, I don't want to lose, and I don't think anyone on this team wants to lose. But when we are losing, how do we deal with it now? And I think in the long run, when you look back, when we're in the playoffs, we'll be better. We will be better for it because I'm not sure. Uh, has there really been a team that's gone 16-0 in the playoffs? I don't think so. So for us, there's going to be a time in the playoffs where we get tested, and I want to make sure from a mentality standpoint, our team right now isn't getting discouraged isn't getting frustrated, isn't getting into a position where we're looking at each other with animosity. Mm. Mm. So basically he's wow. saying like last year during the playoffs, they just get, they get frustrated and they hadn't had to deal with that in a long time. Like they had two regular seasons of dominance yeah. or where they didn't really lose back-to-back games. They didn't, that's not a thing. They were, they kept that in mind, not losing back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. and you just don't face that adversity. So now you get Pat saying it's probably better for us to face adversity now so when we actually get it in the playoffs, we know how to deal with it. I really like their mentality this year. Um, I like the focus of the team. I like the things that they've been working on. I like the quotes. I like that Bobby Portis and DJ Augustine, two of the new guys, called this a must-win game. I like yeah, that. Bryn Forbes is in much. on that as well. 
like these like, these guys came in and they're like, whoa, okay. I mean, I think that those guys, especially Bobby, are bringing some intensity. But I think like the the culture is a little different. Like we're not doing wrestling anymore. We're not doing yes. WWE anymore. We're going out to win a real championship belt. Sorry, not Robin get, Lopez. Not get one from Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez can go sit on the floor in Washington and be just fine making more money than he would have made. And no, it's not it's not Robin Lopez's fault. But yeah, it's like wait, wait, don't slander my guy. <laughs> no, 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 it's not his fault. But it's uh, if he was still here, I think it'd be the same. Like. It, they're different, and I think it's going to be more conducive to the ultimate goal now that they're like they're not playing around anymore. Yeah, like in that Eric Woodyard article I was talking about, uh, he had a quote from Bryn Forbes. He was like, I don't think anyone's happy, to be honest with you. The top guys are not used to losing two in a row or having losing stretch over a few games. I don't think anybody's happy about it, but we've got to take it day by day, and I think that's the way everyone's approaching it, game by game. We can't win them all back right now, but if we take it day by day, we can win a lot of games. Bryn Forbes clearly taking a lot of press information from Giannis uh, in terms of day by day. But yeah. who knows? Maybe that's not just press information. That's actually like the culture that's being set there. I think, it is it is. I think because that's what we get it from everybody. It's similar stuff. They hate losing now. Um, they're getting something from it, but they hate it. And everyone talks about the ultimate goal. It just seems there's so much more focus. And I think part of it might be because like it's weird to think about now, like a, more than a year removed, but there's even less questions about Giannis now than there was even last year when there, it still is kind of a topic, right? Like it still came up a little bit. They were so good. I don't think it reached a fever pitch, but it was still kind of a thing floating out there. Now I feel like there's nothing else for the team to think about. Like we want to go win a championship. Giannis is locked in. Chris is locked in. Hopefully Drew will be locked in soon. Like we're not worried about anything like that. It's February, not, early March, I believe. I, I think we got to, we got to look that up and make sure, but yeah, it's, it's I don't think it's ab- abundantly clear. I don't know if when? it is either. I think it's late February, early March. I'll talk to I'll talk to a couple of league sources. I have some people who could help me with this. Um, but flex, but um, but I, I just like it. I just think they're locked in. There's not the pressure is just to win for winning's sake. I don't think it's like you know it's different. Like if we lose, Giannis is leaving. I feel like that's different than like our team wants to win a championship because we think we're the best team. But I'm not saying the first thing happened or not. But I do think like it's 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 a clearer focus now. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Should we talk about Dante? Yeah. So, Dante, I don't know if you picked up uh, – you definitely did pick up about this. Uh, I don't know if everyone picked up on it. At the start of the game against the Trailblazers, Dante was just like, this is my game. He really thought He really thought that. This is my game. I'm taking all the shots here. I'm just – I'm going I'm to get some stuff. He immediately – I think first possession of the game, he like dribbles into a two, and I'm like – what on earth are you doing right That's now? not the way, Dante. Yeah. My my good buddy, Will Montreal, wanted to give him a shout-out. He pointed out to me that Dante had more shots than Chris Middleton. Dante. Dante. Like, he, he had the third highest or fourth highest amount of shots on the team. Drew, like he, he, Drew Bobby Portis, Giannis, Dante? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Drew, Drew was 10 of 14. Uh... Bobby was 9 of 13. Giannis was 8 of 11. So just great, great shooting, right? Then you get Dante, 2 of 10. <laughs> I will say quickly, I don't want to go in too deep on it. I talked about it on the other pod. I want to. I want us to monitor it and talk about it later. Um, but point Chris in this game. Uh, like the best, the best handling and passing game I think we've seen from oh Chris in quite a while. Nine oh assists, my one turnover. Goodness. The he laser. Was, he was flexing. Flexing the on us with those passes. 
to Dante. To oh, to, yeah, to Brent, yeah, Dante wouldn't have made it to Brent. Ah. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sorry, but come on. You Dante. just put it right in his pocket, across court, right to the corner, in transition. Just Chris Middleton, just just do that more often, please. Let's, like not just a, in a blowout. Let's put a pin in it. I, I want to monitor whether he does it more or not. I'm putting it on our on our big topics board. Point Chris Middleton. I forgot the word point. But uh, anyway, back to Dante. Go ahead on Dante. So Dante, like I was saying, he just tr- he tried to force everything. I don't know what happened. Like, did Bud, like, come up to him before the game? He's like, this is your game. You're taking all the shots. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I, <laughs> I hope not, too. Uh, I don't think that happened. Maybe he no. was like someone else. Maybe it's like a post-birthday malaise. Oh, I forgot, yeah. Happy birthday, Dante. We're going to rip on you for 10 minutes, but happy B-Day, yeah. pal. Yeah, happy birthday, Dante. But my goodness, my guy, if you are listening to this, you did not shoot the ball. <laughs> I just, we're, we're just like, it's so... What happened? It's, like, it's, what, what was that game? That game was such an aberration. That did not look like Dante. Well, I wasn't never. I mean, he he was pressing. I think I think that's what happened. But he's not been good by his uh, early season his standards since I think the Chicago game. Um, a plunder in the Euro Group Discord's been all over. Um, like he's basically logging if he plants his feet when he shoots or if he's moving while he shoots, and he's way better if he plants his feet. But he hasn't been making much of anything over the last week or two. Um, it's like. You know, we all figured there'd be some regression to the mean. He started way too hot, like 50% from deep. But he just – it thinks it's like, oh, he looked great. He kind of always has looked like that. When I mean, tonight was uh, – not tonight. Monday night was not not it. But usually he always has looked confident when he shoots. He hasn't made him in quite a while now. It's been tough to see. And I'm to the point where I'm seriously considering saying – Bryn should be starting and Dante should be on the bench. We've talked about this before the season, early season pods, before Dante played so well. We're finally back to our off-again, on-again segment, who should start at the two, one of our longest-running things here on the Eurostep. But shouts would to help. Wes Matthews. Shouts to Wes Matthews. It would help DJA, too, if Dante was able to cover for him on defense. Okay, true. Okay. I thought for a second you were saying DJ should start, and I was like, oh. No, no, no. no, 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 no. He is, I still think he's an ideal bench point guard. Like, he's yes. he's been too quiet sometimes, but, like, on the good nights where he's got, like, 12 points, eight, uh, six to, six-ish to assists, like, that's what you need. That's all. Yeah. You just do I, that forever, please. He's teetering for me. I tweeted this during the Blazers game, but he's teetering for me between washed and useful. I think I think easily useful. I just think he's gonna have quiet. Games. He has he has his washed moments. Yeah, he ha- he has washed tendencies. Yeah, but yeah, Bryn Forbes like that. If he got pulled after the third quarter, I would have been full on like the start Bryn train. Yeah. That fourth quarter was a little bit of a turnoff for me. Well, see, the issue Given is Given like, that, that fourth quarter wasn't basketball. That should have been DJA minutes. Like, I don't understand why you put Bryn out there with the young guys because Bryn is not a point guard, man. Like, Bryn is a shooting guard. It's in the description. The title is the description. He's shooting. Michael That's Beasley Memorial doing. Bench Shooter. Damn near it. Maybe uh, pretty close. Pretty Shabazz close. Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, I think Shabazz is good because he's not like Bryn's not going to dribble up and shoot or like post up. But like if you pass Bryn the ball, he's probably shooting. You're not getting it back. Way. You're probably not getting it back. Um, which, <laughs> I can't believe I just brought up Shabazz Muhammad. <laughs> what a pod. What a pod. Um, 
But yeah, I think that should have been DJ Augustine. That's DJA if, if you weren't aware. Um, that should have been DJ Augustine to like set up Wara and Merrill and, and everybody. And I think that would have been a lot better. But he also is old, so you don't want to play him too much either. But um, yeah, Bryn Forbes, uh, it's Bryn Forbes time if you ask Bryn Forbes. But that said, that, like there's, there's, con- there's not confusion. There's, there's not clarity with what you're going to get from Dante on a given night, right? Like the defense is going to be pretty consistent. Although he, he has fallen asleep off ball a few times. He'll, he'll get back to a cut here and there. He was better, I think, against Portland. The offense, though, complete question mark. Like sometimes he'll do nothing. Sometimes he'll try to do way too much. Sometimes he'll find that happy medium of taking good shots and making them. Sometimes he just doesn't make them. Like, Brent Forbes, you know what you're going to get on both ends every single night. And I think there's some value there with the starters. The upside, not as high. Like, if Dante's even similar three-point shooter to Brent Forbes percentage-wise, everything else he adds is going to make him more valuable. I don't disagree. But you know what Brent Forbes is going to bring. He's like 30 or 42, I think, percent from three. Like, he's going to be wide open if he's out there for a lot of minutes with Drew Christianis and Brooke will We'll just say Brooke for now. Um, I think Brooke probably for the rest of the season, but we'll see. Um, but the, the, the first three are more important, right? Like if Bryn's out there with the first three, he's going to be wide open. He's going to make a ton of threes. It's going to work. Like, you know, it's going to work really well. The Dante thing has just been iffy. I still believe Dante's defense makes him a better fit with the starters. Yeah. Even given his defensive struggles, because like, We've, I mean, his offensive struggles, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, we've seen it right now, these last couple games, it still works. <laughs> it still works. Plus, there's yeah. that upside. With Bryn Forbes out there, you are getting that lack of defense. I know uh, I know Jackson Frank on Twitter has been sort of going through Dante clips on defense. My goodness, is he good. Yeah. My goodness, is he good defensively? He has his moments, like you mentioned. He's a game changer, when, though. When he's locked in, he he's otherworldly. Like that's the best defensive backcourt in the league. What's the? Uh, ooh, I like that. What's the? Uh, I, like no, I want to stick out that for a boy. Am I wrong in that? I don't. Drew think and Dante. So. I don't think so. I mean, the Sixers. They start Seth Curry, right? So that kind of ruins Ben Simmons' thing. Obviously not Brooklyn. Bledsoe and Lonzo. Close, actually. Probably close, but I'd give the Bucks the edge. Um, Utah is ruined by Mitchell. Yeah, I think you got it. I don't, I'm don't. i probably missing someone. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the league. Um, yeah, not, not the Clippers. They probably have the two best defensive forwards in the league, at least combined, but not, not yeah. guards. Yeah, I think, you're, I, think, I think you nailed it. I don't know who would be better. Westbrook and Beal, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Rozier and Lamelo, even though those two don't start together. Uh, Lamelo finally got a start, but I think it uh, Devontae might have been hurt. I don't remember. No, Terry Rozier was hurt. Oh yeah, Rozier was, and yeah, they missed him. Rozier's been good. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right on. I, I'm glad you I'm glad you stuck there. I think I think that's just facts. Fun. Yeah. Best defensive backcourt in the league. So the reigning DPOI plus the best defensive backcourt. And they're still only 15th. 15th in defensive rating. We got to figure some things out. We're not. I'm not letting people blame all of this on the three players. They're going to blame DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, and Bobby Portis. None of whom are great defenders. Bobby Portis, my guy. I'm glad you mentioned him. My guy just took the ball from Ennis Cantor. 
I loved it. I love Inject, oh inject, inject every Bobby Portis moment from that game into my damn the handshake games. with Brooke that you astutely found. Oh my goodness! The poking the ball out when it got stuck. No, Bobby Portis is my hero. I just I love what he brings. I, I'm okay with the bad nights. I don't have a problem. Give me sign me up for more Bobby Portis, man. No, yeah, start Bobby Portis should take Giannis' spot in the All Star game. Just for that. <laughs> You just you just love giving shout outs to the players like this. No, honestly, if they could, I would I would I would take that in a heartbeat. Giannis Bobby Portis might Rohan be my favorite puts... Bucks bench player in a long time. And I loved Michael Beasley. Yeah, Bobby is just like better. I think it's hundred percent. I'm not talking about the actual play. Right, right, right. <laughs> Bobby is leaps and bounds better yeah. than yeah. freaking Michael Beasley was. Yeah. Uh, it's just my favorite character. He's he's approaching OJ Mayo territory for me. It's like every quote is a hit. Every single quote, I'm like, oh hell yeah, Bobby Portis, retweet that. Like if if you go to one of the Zoom conferences and you tweet out a good Bobby Portis, like I just I I have no choice but to smash the retweet button. And just plus, have... just Bobby on Twitter in general. Yes, like he's yes. the only box player who's like active on Twitter. <laughs> We gotta figure out. We gotta get some of his underdog merch and give it away. We gotta figure yes. this out. I think yes, he's dropping a new line soon, so I'm waiting for Is that. He? Okay, that's what Bobby, he's if you're listening, hit us up. Or yeah, we'll Bobby DM. Let's, let's, let's get this. Let's get this partnership. Yeah, you will not find more uh, fan like bigger fans of yours. Rohan just said you should make the All Star team over Giannis. Like I no question. Did. This is yep. the Bobby Porter's pod, and like yes, not this episode, but this whole <laughs> podcast. If Bobby Portis does something insane, I'm even if you don't want to, I'm doing a solo Bobby Portis pod. Like, oh, by all means, I'll I'll let you cook and then just like listen back, like I'll run it back like four times, like when a hot new song drops. Yeah, and then all of like you listen back and it's just like screeching noises. <laughs> <laughs> like wait a second, underdog. If I, I need him to say and one once as like an homage to Bucks' ah, intense big man of lost. the past. Yeah, one time for, for Greg Monroe, the moose. Yep, gave us blood, so it gave us uh, true holiday. That's true. A, a legacy, a true legacy. Yep. And one. Uh, and one. Oh, well, um, this has gone off the rails. Of course. <laughs> Any other Dante um, thoughts? Just, I don't do what you did against the Blazers. Relax. He's got to relax. Just, just relax. It's I, I think the, the makes are going to come. I think the makes are going to come back for him. He's just got to... You know, play within yourself. Go wild on defense, but on offense, you gotta. When you're out there with the three, the big three, I'm comfortable calling them that again. You gotta know who you're out there with. You know, if you're out there at the end of the game, Dante also like Dante put him put Dante in with the rookies and let him do whatever. Who cares? But don't waste Giannis, Chris, and Drew minutes. Like you should not be finishing a ton of plays when they're on the floor unless it's like wide open stuff. Yeah, like he he did make some great defensive plays in that game yes. where he had. He had like a save uh, out of bounds on a pass that went to Giannis, who just beautiful, missed a bunny. Beautiful pass. He deserved an assist for that. He really did. And then Giannis just blew it. Well, he didn't talk about Giannis at all. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, see, I, you know what? I'm going to put this. I'm going to. This is going to be another pin and watch thing for the next pod. Giannis didn't shoot threes. Giannis played a little bit differently. Yeah. Also, he was within the arc a lot more. Put in the pin in. Brooke Lopez. More timid than usual. Yeah, I think so. He's just a, a half step slow in the paint. Just he's he's more timid. He's looking older. I'll say a little bit, a little bit. Uh, the people are starting to win me over. The Brook Lopez's wash crew 
I'm not all the way there, but like I've taken their reading materials that they handed out at a public venue, and I acted like I was just gonna throw it away, but I put it in my pocket and I got home and I kind of I flipped through it. I flipped through yeah, the reading I, I, material. I've, I'm taking a taking a gander. Like they what, they what sent they me they sent me their podcast about the movement, and I tuned in while I was playing basketball. And I I didn't disagree with all the. Points. I don't know how to respond to that. Analogy. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I think I've made my point. Will play basketball. I have a mini hoop in my living room, and I shoot around on and dunk on. Okay, and that's it. That's what you do when you're listening to pods. I I didn't. It's not a real podcast. The podcast was an allegory that was terrible. Yeah, let's do choose your fighter. <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to frame. I don't want to. We're done with this. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I thought of this Choose Your Fighter uh, this past weekend. So usually this is a little inside my personal life. Saturday mornings, right? What the? Those are like, you know, I don't work. I don't do my, my day job on weekends. And uh, I was like, you know what? Saturday mornings I'm going to designate to like a, a time where I watch my favorite show. Hmm. It's a long, drawn-out intro as usual. Oh, uh, so what's your favorite show? So, You're going to say it? Yeah, I was gonna say what, what I'm watching right now every week is uh, is WandaVision. Ooh, I don't know. I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it yet. Okay, I'm a big Marvel guy, so I gotta watch WandaVision. Yeah. So that got me thinking. As I was scrolling through, I was like, oh, I need to get to Disney Plus. Do this. If you had one choice, you could only stick with this. Would you choose Netflix, Disney Plus, or HBO Max? I figured it out while you were. Somewhat into the question, I was like, "If he asked that, that's going to be a great one. That is such a good one." I'm leaning back for this. Yeah, I, I apparently am too. Now that I look at myself, I want to block myself completely. Um, that's tough. I'm gonna go ahead, and this might be sacrilege, as I scoot closer. I'm gonna throw Disney Plus out right Ooh, away. Okay, I have access to it. It's not gonna be one of my top contenders. Like, right, I think it's going to get better. It's like it's in its, it's, in its infancy, right? It's but, been out for like a year. Yeah, like the, the OG content's not there for me. Um, WandaVision, I mean, I know Mandalorian, which I still need to catch up on. So Love I guess biased opinion. I get biased opinion because I haven't seen it. Or just uninformed opinion because I haven't seen Mando yet. Um, Fantastic show. But one show with two seasons. Um, like the rest of it, like they have great archives personally, like, I'm not one who's going to be like, I want to watch Aristocrats today. <laughs> or, like, an old Disney movie. Like, that part of the catalog doesn't really uh, appeal to me. No, like, you got to go with Kim Possible. Great show. Kim Possible is fire. Um, I did watch Home Alone. My girlfriend had never seen Home Alone. We watched I've that. never seen it. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a cutesy Christmas movie. It's, it's not a must-watch by any means. But, like, Netflix and uh, Netflix and HBO Go, just m- a much wider range of original content, plus the old standbys. Netflix losing The Office is a big hit. I'm not going to pay for Peacock. I did consider it. I do miss The Office. I'll probably have to get the Blu-ray. Um, Netflix still, though, has some great stuff, great stand-ups on there, like the Dave Chappelle deal, I think, has been big for them. But I'm going to have to go HBO, dude. Like, HBO, HBO Max? It's new. Is that the is it so it's not HBO Go? Am I confused? HBO Go is just like your HBO subscription that you can watch on your phone. Okay. HBO Max is their new streaming service. Where they Does have it all have like, HBO stuff? Do we know this? 
Like, yes. does it have, like, the shows? Uh, we're going to do some quick research. This is, this is going to be all – like, this is – like, if if it's got Insecure and Thrones and – Yes, HBO Max has the entire HBO catalog. HBO Max. Their catalog is just stupid. I trust them to do more great shows. I think they're doing a Game of Thrones universe thing, although I, there was some issues with it. Um, I haven't even seen like True Detective, which I hear is great. True Black Detective World. season one is good. Yeah, that's okay. I felt, I, I think that's season, the only one I've seen. I, th- I heard season two is bad. I think season three was okay. Um, season three is with Mahershala Ali, right? I, I think it is, yeah. I'm interested. I got to watch that one too. Uh, I need to get HBO again. It's been a little while. I mean, the like, seasons don't really matter. So. Yeah, no, right, right. Um, it's an anthology? Is that the yeah, word? Yeah, it is. Um, yep. Silicon Valley is a 10 out of 10 for me. Insecure is a 10 out of 10 for me. Thrones up until the last season. Westworld. I, I haven't seen Westworld either. Like, the amount of original IP content they do, that they just do it better because they put more money into it. They have no restraints. And I'm not just, you know, the weirdo reason, I, I think, for HBO that some people stand. The content is just better. Um, you know, clothing optional aside, that part of it. <laughs> They just make great content, and it's just – it's way too good. So I'm going to go HBO. Like hey, The thing is also they have, like, content. Like, they have uh, – I know they have, like, the Big Bang Theory. They have, oh. like, uh, all of the movies that were originally going to come out through Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. Like, this year in theaters are going to HBO Max. Like, they're going to get the, the Justice League Snyder Cut. They're going to get uh, Space Jam. They got Wonder Woman when it came out. They have all of DC uh, – They've got, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they have, like, different shows. Like, they have, like, Ready Player One. They have Friends on there. See, they're running up the score. And, like, their their OG original content, too, The Wire, The Sopranos, like, they just have way too many classics that, like, how can you, how can you not? So as much as I like the other ones, I just got to... I, I got to go HBO. I think HBO is clearly the king still. They need another... Like a list show, I feel like they had. There's been a little bit of a gap since Thrones. I love Insecure. I love Silicon Lovecraft Valley. Lovecraft Country is apparently really good. Yeah, I need to watch that. But I'd like Thrones, and maybe this will just never happen again. But Thrones was such like a the whole internet watched Thrones. Yeah, it was like week. a cultural thing. Yeah, like they need another. Well, one they have all the Fast and Furious movies too. Running up the score, man. Like running up the score. Bro, I might have to get HBO Max now. I don't have it. I I don't either. I you. you, I think you just sold us. HBO sponsor the pod. This isn't sponsored, but maybe soon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm HBO Max ran up the score for me. I agree. Uh, I didn't. I'm saying it. That's that's my. Yeah. Honestly, I'm looking through. I'm scrolling through the catalog right now. My goodness, it was gonna be honestly. Netflix was third for me. I can see it. Because, I mean, like, I don't remember the last time I watched something on Netflix. Yeah, I, I feel like it's almost – I like their reality sh- – uh, not reality, but, like, their competition reality shows. Um, Blown Away is, like, a glass-blowing show that's really good. Some of the cooking shows are good. I just watched this barbecue show that was good. But it really – it's like – like, I tune into HBO to, like, sit down and watch something. Netflix is, like – we're eating dinner. Like, what can we throw on? It's going to be 35 minutes. Oh, they're making cupcakes that are shaped like dinosaurs. Sick. Yeah, not, Netflix like, will also get, like, stuff that's on different platforms, like, into their show. But less every year. Catalog. But less every year now that everyone has their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. Are they the Planet of the Apes movies? Oh, my goodness. Netflix? Disney, or- uh, no, HBO Max, H- excuse me. HBO, it's everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, because they have all of Warner Brothers. That's, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, best movie ever. <laughs> Honestly, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's the greatest. Might have to. I probably did a long time ago. You think I'm joking? I'm not. <laughs> oh, I put BHL instead of HBO. I, I don't think you're joking at all. They have the terrible X-Men movies. Oh, God. So bad. Yeah, because they have uh, Warner Brothers. Do they have? No, wait. They don't have X-Men. What? Do, what? Do, this this website I'm looking at is wrong. Oh. They don't have X-Men because that's on Chernobyl, True Blood. Yeah. Boardwalk Empire? I didn't know they had HBO. I thought that was Showtime. Oh, my God, HBO. Succession? Wait. Yeah, Succession's HBO. Oh, I never – oh, I need this. I heard it's like the the craziest good show. Mm. Euphoria. Euphoria, I heard it's good. I'm just scrolling through a list. Barry, I heard it's really good. Oh, last week tonight, you get John Oliver. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. Do they have any bad things? Yeah, they have missing – oh, Curb. Oh, have you watched Curb? I haven't. Curb is heat, dude. Curb is like – it didn't all age well, but it didn't age poorly. Larry David, it's like – it's like Seinfeld truly unleashed. Oh, it's so good. It's Curb is – I remember I watched it for the first time in college, and I was just like, whoa, Curb is pure heat. Veep is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we might have just convinced ourselves to get HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, but then we got some signing up to do. There's so much good content. Right? Unless HBO, you want to hit us up. Yeah, HBO, hit us up. Hit us up, <laughs> hit us um, up before we sign up. Please. I'll wait. <laughs> Oh Please. man, what a pod! Yeah, no, we're gonna be the first. Uh, we're gonna be the first one to see to see Space Jam two. Oh, like, yeah, because like when that when that comes out in theaters, like it comes out on HBO Max. HBO Max, I I was not aware of the degree that HBO Max has been dominating. I think it's because they're new, new to yeah. the game. Like they're even newer than Disney Plus. I mean, they've kind of always been doing this, but yeah, now they're making plays for other stuff, which I think sets them apart. Like, it used to just yeah. be you just got the HBO stuff, which was still worth it, but now that you get all, everything, it's like, whoa. Yeah, this is wild. This this scroll bar in this article is just massive. <laughs> or I think the scroll is so small because it's a massive article. You know right. what I mean. No, I, I, I got you. Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. <laughs> I mean, if Chipwrecked is on there, I'm signing up during the outro. Okay, Blade Runner. I heard those are good. Yeah. God, I still need to watch. Uh, I don't know if we did this on the pod or off air. I need to watch Horrible Bosses. I still need to watch that. I think that was off air. We were gonna do a Eurostep movie night. We totally forgot. Yeah. I haven't watched we might, it either. Maybe this week. Yeah, might have to do it this week. This that might be a weekend thing for me. Clifford. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, I need to stop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, say, we've named so, enough things. So I think both of us. Had, are saying HBO Max. HBO Max and a landslide. Yeah. Okay, cool. HBO hit us up. That's good question, uh, though. It was fun, fun revelation for us. Yeah, I honestly didn't... I was expect. I was going into this expecting to say Disney. <laughs> HBO, man. Because it's my question. Jungle. I had my answer pre-prepared, <laughs> but apparently not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just that great of a debater, I guess. Yeah, there you go. You got me there. So uh, I guess we can wrap up this wild episode of the Eurostep that I have no idea how long this is. I think we're honest. I think we're like an hour forty. Sure. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. we should really wrap this up yeah. and say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. 
Uh, make sure you're checking out all of the content across the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you want to get into the Euro Group Discord that Ty is talking about, just uh, tweet me or Ty a screenshot if you listen to the podcast. We'll make sure to get you in there. Great stuff to go out there all the time, especially during games as well. Uh, yeah, make sure uh, you're telling your family friends about the show. Stay safe, please, everyone. I will emphasize this. Please, 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 please stay safe. 